Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This week's message is a one-off message about the importance of Sabbath rest. Our scripture is from Hebrews chapter 4. So Labor Day weekend, kind of a tradition or or something we've done over the past four or five years is generally on Labor Day weekend we talk about rest or Sabbath or taking a break. But uh, so today we're going to we're going to do do that again, and we might take a little different angle on it than we've taken in the past, so if you've been here for some of those, don't just turn on the, well, I've heard this before, and just go into your zombie mode where you just stare off into space. We're going to take it at a different angle, so that's what we're going to talk about. Now, before we get into that, I just wondered, anybody in the room ever had the desire to run like a road race, or, or to train for, for some, like a 5K or a 10K half marathon? Who, who we got? We got a couple people... I'm raising my hand because I actually have. I know I do not look like a runner. I was talking to a young fellow earlier this morning who runs cross country. And I was like, how's cross country going? And then at one point I'm like, hey, I probably need to admit this. Like, I know I don't look like it, but I ran cross country in high school. And he tried so hard not to be just astounded by that. <laughs> like, and so he's like, eh, I mean, eh. I'm sure he was like, cross country must have been a lot different back then. <laughs> Were you guys on horses? Like, huh? <laughs> no. So, but I, I used to run more than I, I don't run at all now. I, except for today. We're playing kickball today. And I just thought of a better team name than I gave. I gave a team name of Centerpoint. I'm not very creative. I was just like, should have called it Blown Hammy. <laughs> I got to find somebody to run the bases for me. So if you have any interest, 2 o'clock. See you at the fields by Baumgart. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. If you're new here, this is how this goes. Um, so if you've ever trained for a race, like if you're thinking about it, and if you haven't trained for a race, plug in because... If you were like, hey, I've never run a step before in my life, and then I, I want to run a half marathon, the way in between never done anything before in my life to running is probably running, right? Is that a safe guess to make? You probably would have to do some, some running to get there. And that, that's a good point, but I want to show a training plan. i got a picture of a training plan. What are, what's the thing that stands out the most? You can say it out loud. Rest day. How many of them are there? Two rest days, and if you look real closely, you'll notice there's another word up there that's called cross-train. So how many days of the week are there? Good job, that was not a trick question. Uh, So seven days of the week and three days of a seven-day week to go from doing nothing to running a half marathon are not running days. That doesn't compute. Is that how that's going to work? I think they want to see me fail. No. We have to rest. It's 
That's how we, we, how we are made. We are made to rest. Our bodies are designed to have to rest. Our bodies are designed to not just do the same thing over and over again. We need a break. We need something different. We need rest. Now, I'm also reading a book. I got a book on Jim Thorpe. Who's heard of Jim Thorpe before? Some of you don't know why you've heard of Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe, uh, by some people, is considered the greatest athlete, the greatest American athlete of all time. He's a Native American, uh, and he competed in sports at the turn of the 20th century. So for those of you who don't know what that means, that's in the 1900s, 1904 through about 1924 was kind of his heyday. He... A lot of people were like, they couldn't figure out how he was so good at what he was good at. He ran, he did the pentathlon and the decathlon. Those are track events. Um, the decathlon is 10 events that happens over a couple of days. And he would just dominate those events. And everybody's like, why does he dominate? And there was a, one reporter who followed him and watched him train and kind of was with him the whole six weeks that he was in Stockholm for the Olympics in 1912 where he dominated those, those events. And they said that the reason he's so good at what he does is because of how, we, how well he can rest and recover. He quickly can rest and recover. So if we're thinking about, like, hey, we want to be elite. Like, we want to be the best. We want to be excellent. That's what we're striving for as human beings, that everything that we do, we want to be the best that we can be. And maybe counterintuitively, one of the keys to that is to be able to rest. Now, when we rest, we think about, generally, if I'm going to talk about rest, you start thinking about that our body stops being in motion. That's kind of the definition of rest, is that your body would stop being at motion, you'd be at rest, or if you're, you're taking physics, there's a different explanation for it, but don't share that, none of us know what that means. So that's where we go to think. So we're going to take a little different angle on it today. So we're going to read from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews is a, is a book in the Bible way towards the back. If you brought a Bible, uh, it doesn't mean it's that far back, like way down here. If you've got a device like a, a smartphone or an iPad or whatnot, and you're in the Uversion app, that's your Bible download app, it's probably going to be a couple swipes. Hebrews starts with an H. <clears throat> and we are in chapter 4 of Hebrews, starting in verse 8. Is that right? I guess it is. No, let's do 9. I have eight in my notes, and that's wrong. All right, here we go. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God rest, God's rest also rests from their works. That's a key thing, also rests from the works. Try to remember that. Just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden 
from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So, a lot of words, and we're going to try to dig into a, a few different things in there. The main concept that the writer of Hebrews is trying to give us here is that the rest that is being referred to at different places in the Bible is not a rest that has to do with bodily rest. That's not what they're talking about. They're actually saying that the rest that is offered is, is rest being in the presence of God. Right? And so and we get that, and so that's why they bring up Jesus. We we can receive that through salvation in Jesus Christ. That's how we get to be to spend eternity at rest in the presence of God is through salvation in Jesus. And Jesus offers us grace and mercy. So we're going to talk about grace and mercy for a second. Can you flip to that for me, Shelley? So it's just a reminder, we've talked about this before. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. Grace means receiving what you don't deserve. It's a free gift. You did nothing to earn it. You did nothing to deserve it, but God gives it to you anyway. And mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. And both of these words are mentioned in this passage. Go to the throne of grace. That's Jesus. Regardless of how you've lived your life, regardless of what you have done, Jesus gives you a gift that you couldn't have earned. You will never earn. He gives you that gift of forgiveness so that you can be in the presence of God. Jesus also doesn't give us what we do deserve because all, have, all of us have sinned. So anybody who's hearing my voice today or even if you're just reading my words that we have sinned, we do sin. And instead of getting what we deserve, which according to the scriptures, according to the word of God, what we deserve is death. Instead of getting that, we receive mercy. We do not receive what we deserve. We get mercy. All of these things is how we can get rest. Get to a place of actual rest. Because we think, we think that rest is our body at rest. And that is true. Our bodies need to rest. That is accurate. But true rest actually comes when our mind is at peace. Anybody in the room, it's a safe place. We raise our hands a lot. We respond a little bit. Anybody here ever worry about anything before? Who's ever worried about something before? Okay, we're all pretty much on even ground, except for really little kids. They don't worry about nothing. 
right? They put everything in their mouth. They're good. Right? So we worry. Now, has worry ever gotten you anything? <laughs> no. Maybe an ulcer for us old folk. A doctor's appointment. Maybe worry has gotten us a sense of anxiety and being anxious. Constant worry, consistent worry can lead to something called depression. Worry gains us nothing. But we all do it. Right? And the reason we worry, this is why you came to church today, right? The reason we worry is because we think we have control of things. Yeah? We're in control of stuff. And if we mess up, the world will tumble from its axis. If we fall short, if we fail, if we make a mistake even, the world, our world, will crumble around us. Because my performance and my success and the success of everybody who I impact is based on me. Do I have good news for you? That's not true. Woohoo! So we don't need to worry. Right now, I understand worry is a normal human reaction. Thanks. But here's the deal. You don't get anything from it. It, do, it doesn't help. And the idea, the idea that we're responsible for, for things, which is generally, right, the, the, that everything is held up by us and our performance and how we do, that's generally, it's just not, it's not accurate. That's the basis of our worry, not accurate. Do we have human responsibilities? Absolutely. Please go to your jobs on Tuesday. I don't want to get this email. I heard from one of our employees that you said they didn't need to go to work. I did not say that. I said was we don't need to worry because we are not holding the world up by our efforts. One of the keys, one of the keys to being at peace is understanding that God is in control of everything. God is in control of everything. Now, we don't like that, do we? Where are my control freaks? Where you at, friends? All right, yeah. Come on now. It's a safe place. Right? We, we want to make sure everything goes the way that we want it to go. Because we're right. Just trust me. It's going to be better if you just go with me. Right? Like, but actually, like, God's in control. God's in charge. And when we have this concept understood that God is in control of everything, then we can actually be a mind at peace. So for those of you who do not know, uh, our family was blessed with a sabbatical. So the word Sabbath 
is what, is what rest is equal to Sabbath. It's a fancy church word. Uh, sabbatical is a period of time, not just the daily thing of Sabbath, period of time where you're supposed to rest and restore. And so I got a period of 12 weeks where I got to go on sabbatical with my family. It was awesome. It was great. Thank you for the blessing and that opportunity to do that. And I, I want to talk for just a couple minutes about what was challenging for that, for me in that. It took me a while to let go of what my job was, or what my job is. It took me a while to be able to shut that part of my life off, because for the last five years, what I've done every Sunday is the same thing. I prepare... I prepared content all week to come and share with you in hopes of pointing you in the direction of Jesus. That's the hope. So I've done everything, the same thing. And then I woke up one week and I didn't have to do it. But it wasn't the first couple weeks, it was actually like week four. Because if I've taken Sundays off before, you are thankful for that. Please let it be somebody besides him. Maybe somebody who's organized. Like a week four, I'm like wrestling with the anxiety of not being here. And wrestling through all these insecurities I have of I have the need to be needed. I like to be needed, which is a dangerous thing for a pastor. And so working through that over years and then having to lay that down for 12 weeks, for three months, laying that aside. Since you're wrestling, I'm wrestling with who, who am I when I'm not doing my job? How can my mind truly be at peace? And then realizing that they don't need me, no one has called me. Thank you, by the way. But no one's asked me any questions. I don't, they don't even need me there. That's an insecurity I have. For me, it took me about four weeks to realize, wait a minute, God isn't just in control of my life, which I had firmly believed, but he's actually in control of how this goes and how the 12 weeks of summer went when I wasn't here physically. God's in control of, uh, uh, of how the technology works. He's in control of how great the coffee is. He's in control of whether you come to church or you don't. He's in control of all of those things. So I got to work through a process of that this summer and wrestle with insecurities and, and lay them aside. But for me, what was really, really clear was that God is in control of everything. And, and this. We are, we are worker bees. We are doers. Yeah? We're from the Midwest. One of the things that Midwesterners are known for is hard work. And so, if the pastor gives a sermon on rest, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to work my tail off to rest. So I've got a little bit of wisdom for you. Trying harder to rest is like yelling at your kids to be happy. 
right? Now, I won't name any names, but someone this morning, I am certain of it, on the way to church, like, everybody be quiet! We are happy, we're going to smile in there! How's it going? How's your weekend? Great, good, thanks. And if you didn't do it this morning, you have done it. It doesn't work. Right? You're not resting. If you're trying really hard to rest, it doesn't work. True rest, the rest that the writer of Hebrews is talking about in this passage is this rest of being a mind at peace, our minds being at peace. We're free of worry because we have this clear understanding that God is in control of everything. Not this legalistic version of this list of things you can or cannot do on the day that is your Sabbath, which in uh, traditional Western society here in the U.S., Sunday is supposed to be Sabbath, day. Well, I work on Sunday, so when is my Sabbath uh, supposed to be, right? So there's some confusion there. A lot of people work uh, on Sundays and now because we've kind of, that's normal. Uh, and so when, how does that work? How is that supposed to work? It's not a set of rules. And Jesus, uh, he, he kind of messed with people who were into the rules quite a bit. And so I've got a passage from Mark chapter 2 I wanted to share. This is Jesus talking so then he said to him, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath, and the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath also. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And what he meant by that, because in this conversation, he was having a conversation with people who were yelling at him for doing something on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, you don't get it. Rest is not this legal, legalistic list of things not to do so that you can be considered resting. Rest is being at peace. Rest is being at peace. And what Jesus said in that passage, he said the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath also. He's referring to himself. The son, he is the Son of Man. He's Lord of the Sabbath also. He is the key to peace and rest. He's the key. Many of us will pursue peace, we'll pursue rest, and we won't find it because we're trying to do it on our own. Trying to do it on our own. And Jesus said, now, it's only in me that you can be at rest. Here's our challenge for today. So if you haven't been here before, we're going to preach the word. We're going to talk about Jesus. 
Uh, and then we're going to say, what are you going to do with it? Because just showing up to, to church for an hour-ish, uh, that's, that's great. I'm glad you're here. I am really legitimately so happy you're here. But what it's actually about is being the church outside these walls, being a follower of Jesus, not just an hour a week, but the rest of the time, the other 167 hours of the week, go be a follower of Jesus. And so we have things that we need to do or ways we need to be. And this morning, it's not a do thing, it's a how can we be. So here's what, here's what I want to ask. Is who's, and you don't, I don't want you to raise your hands, I want you to just be asking these questions in your mind. Who believes that they're a follower of Jesus, but yet struggles having a mind at peace? We, we think we've done the right things to be a follower of Jesus, yet we think that the success of our lives or those around the lives of those around us runs through how we perform. And therefore we lack peace. Who tries to lay down to rest and their mind is overwhelmed? by their worries. So maybe you're here and you, you came to church and not really followed Jesus, you're not sure about the church thing. You just want peace in your life anyway. Because life is hard and the worries are many. Regardless, I think that covers most of us, right? That's the, that's the point of those questions. All of us are in the same boat on this one, I think. Our key is that Jesus is the way to peace. Truly, actually surrendering our lives to Jesus. It's safe to do because God is in control of everything and he is a good God. He wants what's best for you and this is the key. Some of you really need to hear this. So if you've been zoning me out for the last 40 minutes, tune back in, come on. Come on back, this is key. God loves you more than you love you. I'll say that again. God loves you more than you love you. He wants what is best for you. And the way to step into a life of peace, the way to step into a life where we're surrendering ourselves to the will of God is through a relationship 
with Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. The band's going to come back up. And they're going to sing one song. This song is called, Lord, I Need You. It just, we just happen to be singing that song. No, we planned it. I mean, this is the plan. <clears throat> and we know this song really well, right? So like, many of us have heard this song a bunch of times. The song is, Lord, I Need You. And this is true, right? So if you're here today and you've never heard the song, the song is true whether you've ever sang it before or not. If you're here today, you have been here before, but you don't believe in Jesus, the song is true whether you believe it or not. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. And if you're in a place where you're ready for peace in your life so that you can be at rest, then I want you to pray along with me as I'm praying. Pray along with me as I go. And then as we sing this song, I want us to believe the words are true. And sing like we believe that the words are true. All right, you ready? Let's pray. God, we are your children loved by you. God, we need your grace and mercy more than maybe we even recognize. We need your love and peace. So God, help us to pursue you. Lord, help us to recognize the sin in our lives that we need to lay at your feet, that we need to say, I'm done with that. I am done with that sin in my life. I give it to you, Lord. Take it from me, please. God, I believe that you are Lord and Savior. Jesus, you take all these sins away from me. You place them upon yourself so that I can be freed from the sins of this world and be at peace in your kingdom. God, I want that peace. I want to be a person of peace every day of the week, every hour of every day. That the peace I seek, I can only get from you. Just bring me that peace today. God, I celebrate your truth, that you are good, that you are in control of everything, every moment of my life, the good, the hard, things we celebrate, the things we cry about. You are in control. God, I believe you love me more than I love myself. God, I want to give all these things to you so that I can rise a person of peace in your kingdom. So that I can be a person at peace so I can truly rest. Rest in your presence. Rest before you most importantly for me, rest in my mind. So I can turn it off and worry no more because you are holding it all together for me. God, we need you. We cannot do this alone on a Sunday morning. We cannot do our lives alone. 
Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.